Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, it's Chris Kiefer. You are listening to the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. We are here on a special weekend edition because we went through three podcasts last week. So we're going to be a little bit late this week. And hey, better late than never, right? Rocky Mountain ATV MC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over $75. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. And thank you to all the guys and gals over at Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. Go get the best gear out there, okay? When I'm going to go spend my money, there's a lot of gear out there, like a lot of other things in life, right? You have choices, But I'm telling you guys, if you guys try a set of fly racing gear, light hydrogen or even the kinetic mesh, because it's hot, trust me, you will like it. Emails come in a lot over on my email account, and some of those are gear questions. I'm going to steer you to the right direction all the time. I'm going to tell you the truth, but I'm telling you guys right now, fly racing make some kick-ass gear. I like it. I wear it, so you know it's the truth. All right? Head over there, check them out, flyracing.com, or even go buy a set at rockymountainatvmc.com. 2019 gear will be out in three weeks. I will be going up to Idaho in two weeks for a 2019 intro. I'm excited. Fly racing. And we cannot forget Racetech, racetech.com, Chris Riesenberg, Paul Feed. They believe in this podcast. We thank them. And of course, you want to get some suspension done? You got a freshy Cowie? You got a freshy Yamaha? Hmm, maybe you're getting a freshy Honda. Go check out the guys at Racetech. Go log on to Racetech.com. You need some springs? Get the right spring rate for you. Find out what you need. Even send your suspension over there. They will send you a box to send your suspension in. They're good dudes. You want some motor work done? Head over to Racetech.com. They do it all. Motor work, suspension, vintage bikes. They even got a mental edge handbook. You want to get that mental edge on your dudes on the track? Head over to Racetech.com. Read about the mental edge handbook. That's what my jam was when I was about 15. I read it. It's good stuff. Thank you guys. So, hey, we're here, like I said. Oh, and by the way, we got some new commercials. We got some new commercial reads. So, please, don't fast forward through those. Listen to them. There might be some special discounts in there for you guys, Okay. And we got a new guy on board. I should say guys. All right. 60 Helmets, they're on board, so check them out. Listen to the read. New ScreenPrintingDone.com read. New Rutted Racing read. A lot of new stuff, so go check them out, okay? Maybe get some more 
moolah in your pocket to save to go buy the wife something else because she will be up your ass because you've been spending money on dirt bikes. Little, not every wife, but some wives are like that. So, Anyway, you get the drift. Don't fast forward. Today we're going to talk about... You know what I'm going to say. I said it in the Instagram post last week. Handlebars. Handlebars. Hand them up. Alright? Everything you wanted to know about handlebars. The height. Flex. Rigidity. How long do you need your handlebars? Blah, blah, blah. We're going to set the record straight. I've picked several brands of handlebars. I got them here in front of me. Now, guys, let me just preface this podcast with a few things. Yes, of course, I could have had 14 different brands, but I chose seven brands, okay, that you can, that I feel like are in the realm of good handlebars that are the most popular-ish. I know there's some scarce other companies out there that might have a pair of handlebars that could be good, but I'm trying to, one, not kill myself and test, you know, 24 hours a day. Just let me get two hours sleep, you know, not, you know, 22 hours a day of testing is a lot. (laughs) So, but I'm only one dude here, seven bars. I think out of these seven, you can find which one you like. And if you don't know Let's say, okay, Kiefer, I don't want those seven bars that you talked about. That's fine. Listen to what I have to say about bar bands and things like that. Go to that guy's website that you like and find that bar band and go try them, okay? Because we're going to talk about bar bands as well. And we're going to talk about the motorcycle that you may or may not own or maybe you want to own and what type of bar bend should be right for you. And also, I am not the end-all, be-all of handlebars okay i'm gonna give you my opinion which i believe strongly is very good but it's also you should be noted that hey i am not you know jesus christ when it comes to handlebars okay if there is one thing that i'm picky about and i'm gonna tell you guys straight up (laughs) i'm more i'm pickier about handlebars than i am gear so for those of you know me okay you know how I am about gear. I am worse when it comes to handlebars. I am I do not like a rigid handlebar. I am obsessed with bar bends. I can study bar bends for days. I will try six different bar bends to see what I like on a particular bike. And when I get a new bike, I study bar bends. That's right. I am a freak when it comes to bar bends because to me, the rider triangle, of course you guys that listen to this podcast know what that means that is the handlebar seat to foot peg triangle aka rider triangle is very important when it comes to riding a dirt bike to be comfortable for one and number two to go fast if you're 5'8 yeah maybe you have a different bar bend you like but I'm going to give you a range of bar bends aka bar styles all right, that you guys should run. This is going to be in the range between 5'7", five, 5'8", five, to 6'1", to 6'2", okay? Now, I'm, I'm not 6'5", so spare me the email if you're 6'5", and say, Kiefer, I need to know bar band. I do not know. If you're that tall, I'm going to say go to a taller bar band. Again, you listen to these podcasts, right? I do not believe in a huge, tall bar. It takes away 
some of the cornering feeling while you're riding. Let's say you sit on a bike and you have this tall ass bar with a big rise on it, okay? You go into a corner, you're sitting down in the pocket of your seat. Your bars, no matter how tall you are, is going to feel like ape hangers because you got a, you know, a steep rise and a, and a tall height. So you don't want that, okay? If you need to go taller in your height of your bar, get that in your bar mount. A lot of people sell bar spacers, bar mount spacers, okay? Five mil, 10 mil. You can get that in between your triple clamp and your bar mount. You can get those spacers in there and get in the height in the middle of your bar, aka bar mounts, is the correct way to do it. Yes, old school way was... I'm going to go with the CR High band. I was there too, dude. I was the same way. My dad, CR High, son. That's what we're getting. CR High. Pro taper, CR High. Well, pretty soon I'm like, I can't corner this son bitch. My RM125, 1990 RM125. What the hell is wrong? Well, I'm 5'9", 5'10", at the time. And I couldn't corner. So, I just felt like I had ape hangers. So... Long story short, fast forward 10 years, I was out testing, I tried some bar mount risers, 5mm spacer in the bar mounts, boom, stuck a lower bar on my handlebars, and I was instantly comfortable, and I'm like, holy crap, went back to a taller um, bar with a, with a steep rise, it wasn't as comfortable. So, like I said, I'm not the end all of be all. I'm not the Bible of handlebars, but I do know a little something about heights, rises, lengths, all these things about bars. Become I'm a super freak when it comes to this stuff. And I've tried many types of bikes, many types of bars. So over this course of this test, I've tested several bars, right? Seven sets of bars on different bikes. And that's the one thing I can tell you guys to really try at home is try to get your height from your bar mount. Now, if you don't feel like you need anything higher, then don't freak out about it. For me, there's only one bike, which is, well, I should say two bikes, the KTM or the Husqvarna that I would want to keep a low bar and to get the height out of the bar mount. So I use a five millimeter riser in my bar mount to use a low bar. Let's say the stock Husqvarna Rockstar Dish has a very low bar. Very tough for me to find a bar bend that I like. So I stick with the stock bar and get the height out of the bar mount. You see where I'm going with this, okay? So I spent enough time on that. I just really wanted to preface this whole podcast with that. All right. So we're going to break down the bars that I tried. I tried to cater to, to most of you guys out there. I, I saw your comments on Instagram I already had the bars for several months. I've been going back and forth on different bikes, not even my own test bikes. I've borrowed bikes from some friends with some of these bars on them to try and ride with them, to see what I like, to see what they do, to see what its strengths and weaknesses are. So this is spread out over a few months' time. I just thought it was cool to have a podcast for you guys out there because from the response I got on my social media of how freaked out everyone is, Sounds like you guys are just like me out there. That's cool. I mean, you guys are paying attention to bike setup, which is very important. I like that. Again, bike setup is one of the things that's going to make you ride faster or slower. If it's off, you're not going to ride as fast. If it's good, 
You're going to get better. Your technique's going to get better. So this is important. I've tested Pro Taper, Renthal, Mika, ODI, Neckin. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Neckin, Fast Company, and Vortex. Okay? So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bars. And I've tested different styles of bars from those companies. Let's start with Pro Taper, okay? I'm very familiar with Pro Taper. I know Paul pretty good over there at Pro Taper. Great guy. However, I do disagree with Paul, even though he has actual documentation that 7 eighths crossbar is more rigid than a 1 and 1 eighth oversized crossbar less, no crossbar, handlebar. Okay? I I care about Paul. I like Paul. But I'm going to, you know, just respectfully disagree with their findings. Because when I ride, I feel like a 7 eighths handlebar is less rigid than a 1 and 1 eighths crossbar less handlebar. I ride a lot, okay? I ride all different kinds of bikes. Again, I've ridden on 7 eighths bars. Every time I've ridden on 7 eighths bars with the crossbar, to me, they flex more. They feel like they flex more than just a little more. They flex a noticeable amount, okay? So people say, oh, I'm going to stick some oversized bars on my bike. Just pump the brakes. I still feel like there is a place for 7 eighths bars. The new 2019 KX450 has a 7.8 bar. I like the bar, okay? I was not really a fan of a 971 bend on some bikes previously. Let's say 2018 KX450, the way the ergos were on that. It felt a little high for me. Fast forward to 2019 KX450, 971.78 feel good. They feel neutral. They don't feel tall. I like it. I would not really care about going to an oversized bar on that. I, if it was my bike, I'd keep a 7 8 bar on there. That's what it's designed for. That's what it's designed with. Okay? That Kawasaki, through its year and a half of testing, was designed with a 7 8 bar. So, unless it's a major problem for you guys and you guys need an oversized bar, don't worry about it so much. Just chill out. Run that 7 8 bar. I mean, if you want a different bar bend, that's cool. Go to a different 7 8 bar band then. All right? Or in this case, there's a Mika bar that's pretty cool that I found out that I tried that uses a 7 8 clamping surface. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting out of hand here because this is how passionate I am about this stuff. So anyway, Pro Taper. I'm going to go through my notes here. I have several notes, and people ask me, okay, if I'm going to Pro Taper, Chris, how is the Evo and Contour bar. First of all, what's the difference between an Evo and a Contour bar? The Contour bar is a five millimeter wall thickness, okay? The Evo bar is a four millimeter wall thickness. I'm gonna go buy a bar. Let's say I'm gonna go buy a Pro Taper. I'm gonna go buy an Evo because it flexes more. The Contour is a little bit stronger, you know, on paper, I feel. I mean, I've crashed in both and none of them bent unless you have a big one, right? But feeling on the track, I run with the Evo because it makes the ride more comfortable, okay? 
People say, how much can a handlebar really make a difference on comfort on a bike? Man, it, it can make a lot of difference. And I'll give you an example again. Well, no, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that till I get to that portion of the, of the podcast. But anyway, the Evo bar flexes a nice amount. Um, I, I've ran the contour before and it just feels a little bit more rigid. So for me, I would be going to an Evo bar, Evo bar if you're going to upgrade. I do like um, the fact that it flexes a little bit more. For those of you guys that are on a budget, maybe lo- looking for cost effectiveness, you know, there's nothing wrong with the contour. It just it feels a little bit more rigid. It doesn't give you more vibration between the Evo and the contour. I don't notice any more vibration, but I do notice some more comfort and flex in Evo bar. Now, Chris, what about a Fusion? Crossbar. Now we're going to start talking about whether or not you guys out there are a crossbar guy or a crossbar less guy. Just like I talk about in these bike tests, are you a front-end steering rider or are you a rear-end steering rider? You guys need to figure out what you like, okay? Try not to jump back and forth. If you're a crossbar guy, stick with a crossbar. For me, I'm a no-crossbar type of guy. Most of the bikes that come out now, I would say most, come with no crossbar. Besides, well, last year Honda had a crossbar. 19, they're not going to have one. They have a fat bar. So Kawasaki's their holdout. They have a crossbar, 7 8 bar. For me, I'm always no crossbar. I like that feel. I like I can get really far forward on the bike. It's more of a visual thing for me. Just like you guys at home that probably are listening to this, like, hey, I like a crossbar, but I don't know why. It's a visual thing. You like seeing that crossbar there. I have a couple buddies that will not stick anything on their bikes besides a bar that has a crossbar brace on it. So just know that. Also know, for my findings, maybe some other people disagree with this, anytime you're putting a crossbar brace on a handlebar, it's going to be stiffer. No matter what, it's going to be stiffer. Some of these bars in here have these elastomers that are in there. It doesn't matter. They're still a little bit stiffer than a bar without a crossbar. Okay? Just know that. That leads me to the Fusion. Yes, the Fusion can unlock and lock. That's the beauty of this, right? But it's still a little bit more rigid than an Evo. I would say it's about as rigid as a contour bar. Very good for a crossbar handlebar because there are other bars out there that are pretty rigid that have a crossbar, but the Fusion has the capable, you know, capabilities of being locked or unlocked. So that's cool. The bad news for me about a Fusion bar, it creaks. No matter what I do, I feel the creaking when I ride somewhere in the joint of where that lock piece is in the middle of the crossbar it seems to creak where it attaches to the bar itself so i feel that creaking it's not doing anything it's not going to you know move on you i can just feel it creaking a little bit and feeling it flexing regardless if that thing is turned to locked or unlocked so just know if you have a fusion you might feel that creaking when you ride so don't freak out i just notice that stuff when i ride and i'm super picky so you know, I'm on the 1%, okay? So you guys out there might not be as picky as me, but I still feel it. I wanted you guys to be aware of that. 
it's not really a negative or a positive. It's just something that I feel that you guys should know about. So Pro Taper, one of the best handlebars out there. For me, it's one of my go-tos. Um, like I said in this podcast, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm going to tell you if these bars are legit or not. Anything that Pro Taper makes to me is quality. Most of the time, guys, you will see me with a Pro Taper Evo bar on some stuff. Occasionally, I will run other handlebars for my own personal bikes, but most of the time, I will run a Pro Taper Evo. No, do they, they do not pay me. No, me and Paul do not bro down enough for, for me to say this. I'm just letting you guys know I like the flex character of an Evo bar the best. That's my go-to. Moving on. Another handlebar that's very popular out there is a rental handlebar, right? You can go to a twin wall or you can go to a fat bar. To me, I'm telling you guys right now, twin walls are stiff. They are rigid. Man, it is... You want your arms to pump up. If you're if you're very finicky with arm pump, that's one good way of doing it, man. Twin walls are rigid. They're super strong, don't get me wrong. Very strong handlebars, but not for me when it comes to comfort. Too stiff. Way too stiff. Some guys like that stiffness in a bar. I personally do not. Now, what what would you rather have? Think about this. I want to give you a little, paint you a little picture here. You have a steel frame motorcycle, okay, that at flexes that's built for comfort, and then you're going to put a rigid bar on it. Doesn't really make sense, guys. Try to find a handlebar that's going to fit the chassis, okay. No matter what, try to get some comfort out of your bar, and maybe if it's a little bit less of a life. And when I say life, I mean strength, okay? Yeah. If you have a big crash. Oh, man, your handlebars are bent. Well, go suck it up and buy some $80 handlebars, dude. Seriously. If you want to buy $140 handlebars that are strong and just rigid, mm-hmm. that's that's not, that's not to me, that's not too smart, okay? Go with the comfort of the ride, not so much the crash. Unless you're just ghost riding your shit all the time, then, yeah, maybe you do want to go to a, a really stiff bar. But nonetheless, Twin Wall is very popular in a lot of pro guys, um, on some pro professional guys' bikes, but they cut their crossbar brace, okay? And that's another thing that maybe some of you guys do know. A lot of these guys that are visual dudes that want to run a crossbar, they cut the middle of the crossbar in half. Some, some tape it in the middle, like little electrical tape, and then put the crossbar pad back on. That helps with flex. Again, it defeats the purpose because you're on the crossbar. But it's a visual thing. I'm telling you guys, it's it's so weird. Like, running a crossbar, you can have the same bend in a twin wall on a fat bar. And guys that are visual dudes that are, I, I need a crossbar, they say, nope, I don't like the bar bend. It's the same bend, dude. But nope, I need, a, I need a crossbar. So they cut the crossbar to get the flex. So that's most of what the guys are doing out there on some on some twin walls. Fat bars, I would say they feel as they feel equivalent to a contour bar. They're not as flexy as an Evo bar, but they will flex more than a twin wall. And of course, if you guys are looking for the some bends, I'm going to give you some bend suggestions. Okay, um, in my notes here for the rental for a twin wall, I usually run a nine nine six. 
That's for me. That's a 996 band. And if you guys are a fat bar type of dude, I run a 672 or an 813. 813 is a KTM band that's a little lower. If you're looking for a little bit higher of a band, look at 672. And going back to Pro Taper, I always use an SX Race band, Evo or a Fusion, SX Race. So those are my two choices in those bands. Moving on, I haven't had a lot of time with the ODIs, okay? So the podiums and the flights, the CFT podiums, very cool. I feel like that bar out of, well, I shouldn't say out of, well, out of all the bars that have crossbars, those ODI CFTs, they flex the most. I don't have mind them that much. If I had to choose, I would rather have an ODI CFT podium bar than a Renthal twin wall bar. The flight bars, as good as a contour to me. I'm, I'm trying to give you guys some baseline and some comparisons here in this podcast. So, the ODI flight bar is also very good, and they also have some cool bands that I like. I try to stay in a lower, um, on a height, you know, lower bend in the height. And ODI offers um, a schoolboy band, which they just came out with, which I like. And they also have a shorty bend from when Shorty was running ODIs back in the day. So they made a personal band of shorties. And those two bands are really good. But ODI, very good bend. Um, very good um, strength, but also enough comfort Well, I'm not complaining. And again, I'm really picky when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I approve of an ODI. I haven't seen those bars in quite quite a few years, but I ended up buying some of these bars myself at some local dealers, or I ended up buying them from some buddies that had these bars, and I come to find out that ODI is a, is a pretty damn good bar. They don't just make grips, but they make pretty damn good bars as well. Now, probably the most shocking handlebar for me in this podcast, and I hadn't had a lot of time with it you know, previously, but Mika bars, okay? The Mika bar is very, very unique, where you can run what they call a hybrid bar, Okay? It's a 7 8 clamping area, which is so cool. I feel like, man, no one else is doing this, right? And they come up with these these designs and these these ways that people mount to uh, mount the handlebars to their bar mounts. So now you have a clamping surface that's 7 8 but then stretches out to a 1 and 1 8 after that, and then narrows back down to a 7 8 So you're getting... Some added strength, you know, the marketing ploy is like, hey, you're getting 7 8 feel with a 1018 strength. I don't really buy that, but I do really endorse the fact that it is for, you know, in all intense purposes, has a lot of flex. It flexes as much as an, an Evo Pro Taper bar. I really liked it. I was like, holy crap, man, this hybrid bar is really cool. And I didn't know anything about it until I started testing with it. So when I started testing with it, I was like, holy crap, man, this thing is really cool for a crossbar. And I have a lot of flex. So for those of you guys out there that are visual dudes and you want a crossbar, look into the Mika hybrid bar. It's it's pretty cool. Like I might even ride with this bar a little bit more just to get some more time on and see how really strong it is. I really didn't have a crash. I tipped over once in a corner, but it didn't do anything. So 
I can't tell you how strong it is. Nonetheless, I do feel like the comfort is very high. So check them out. I run the MC Bend. I also tested the raw, the raw bar, and then I also tested the Pro Series bar, okay? So the raw series is like a fat bar, crossbar less, and then the Pro Series has a crossbar. <coughs> Excuse me. If I was going with a crossbar with a Mika, I would definitely look into the hybrid. That would be my first choice. The raw is pretty good, but to me, and I was tripping out on this, is the hybrid almost felt like it had more comfort than the Mika raw bar. So it, it's kind of like when I saw this and I felt this and I was like, man, this stuff's really cool. So I really inspected the bar and the bends, how it goes at, from the bar from where it clamps is really nice. It's not a hack job. The bars are really nice pieces. So go check out Mika. And an MC Ben is what I tried in all three of those bars. So it's a raw Pro Series or a hybrid bend. Let's check them out. Very cool. Rigidity, again, on all those are pretty, besides the Pro Series bar, feel stiff. Otherwise, the raw and the hybrid have a nice feel to it. I don't get a rigidity, um, a high rigidity feel, and I don't get a lot of vibration. Moving on to one of the bars I really didn't like, Necken bar. Not a big fan of Necken. Um, don't know really, no, know really anyone over there at Necken. Um, I know that KTM's come with those bars, and those bars on a KTM stock just take them off. They're rigid. They vibrate. If you think your KTM vibrates and you have that bar on there still. Use any bar in this shootout besides a neck and bar, and you'll be much happier than you with with that stock bar. It vibrates a lot. It's super rigid. It hurts on slap-down landings, especially if you have those lock-on grips added to that bar. You're adding some rigidity. It's it's not a fun thing, guys. So look into a different bar. And I'm sorry, Necken, if you guys are listening. Your bar is super stiff, and your bar bends are super difficult to get down. If you go on their website and you're trying to pick a bar, it's almost impossible to try to find, one, a bar that you like, two, a bar that is low enough, okay? The neck and bar that I tried, it it was still high. I felt like it was, it was too high, no matter what, and that was the lowest bend I could find. So they go off of brands, okay, and what type of bends you want to run. So very difficult to look at visually on their website. And the neck and bar that I tried was called the Radical Bar, which is kind of a funny name for a handlebar. And they're made out of 7010 T6 aluminum, all right? A little bit different than the other bars in the shootout, but they say they're 40% lighter, and they are, guys. When you pick up this bar, it does feel really light. So I'm thinking, okay, a little light, it's gonna flex. No, it's lighter but it feels stiffer when you ride with it. Again, the Radical Bar is what I tried, and that's the only bar I tried from Neckin. And they do make all kinds of cool colors. So visually, once you see the bar, you, it's really good looking bar. Like you look at it, and it's, it looks like it's well made. Again, it's light, but just on the track, the Radical Bar is not radical. It feels stiff, okay? 
If you are looking for a stiff bar, you like stiff, then I should say yes. Check out Neckin, go to website, order a bar. I chose a Yamaha bar. That's probably the lowest bar that I could find that I, I ran. They run a little bit long in length, so you will have to cut them. We will talk about that later in this podcast, but nonetheless, Neckin for me was a little bit on the rigid side, and I just didn't like the feel of the bar. Visually, they look cool, but not for me. Okay, Vortex V3 bar. That's the bar I tried from Vortex. I went with the MX Low. Not bad as far as... the Vortex doesn't have a lot to choose from, okay, in the handlebar world. They do have a whole bunch of other products, okay? Sprockets, you know... Um, they sell EK, they, they endorse EK chains, they do have a lot of other things, but their ODI, I'm sorry, their, their Vortex um, V3 handlebar was just a little bit too strong for me. Again, not as strong as a neck and bar, but on the rigid side. When I try all these bars back to back, it comes apparent when you do them in a fairly quick manner. Let's say I ride 20 minute moto, I change the bar. Ride the 20 minute moto, change the bar. And as you do that, you get a feel of each character. You get the character of each bar. And right when I put this Vortex V3 on, I just noticed it was stiffer. I came from a Renthal fat bar and then I went to this Vortex V3 and noticed it, man, it was stiff. So then I took the Vortex V3 off, put a twin wall on, to you know, do a crossbar back-to-back check. And when I noticed I put the Vortex back and rode with it, it wasn't as stiff as a twin wall, but just below it. So again, you're looking for a crossbar that's a little bit stiff of a feel, but maybe not quite as much as a twin wall. Look at the V3. Again, I go with a, a bend MX Low Bend. They have a few bends you can choose from, but MX Low was the band that I seemed to get along with the most. And when I tested with the Vortex, I was on a Honda and I was on a Yamaha. So just know that. And when I was on the Honda, I may or may not have been on a different year bike because 2018s have seven eighths bars. I'm giving you a little hint here. Get the hint, get the hint. Moving on to Fast Company, Off-Roaders Unite. I know Fast has been trying to get in the MX world for a while, and I'm going to tell you guys a couple things. <coughs> Excuse me. It's hard for them. Why? Because just like the Yamaha, visually it looks fat. That is the flex bar's problem. Visually, when you put this bar on, you're like, holy shit, this is a big-ass bar. And it is, and it's heavier than most other bars you can go with. Here's the benefit to the Fast Co. Flex bars. You can change your elastomers, okay? There is all different kinds of elastomers you can choose from. They have a compression elastomer and they have a rebound elastomer. Can you believe that? It's like a shock or a fork. But when I tried them, I had a yellow and a red compression. I usually stuck with a red. Red compression elastomer is a hard elastomer, okay? But it still flexes more than any other bar in this shootout, okay? And, and this is not really a shootout. This is more of a comparison, okay? 
I'm not ranking these things, but out of all these bars here in this comparison, the red elastomer flex bar with the red elastomer, sorry, flexes the most. You will feel this, okay? It's great on sharp edge, square edge, hard pack tracks. I'm thinking work series. I'm thinking hare and hounds. For me, when I motoed it, it flexed too much. I didn't like the feel of it. Okay, I even tried yellow, which is a medium compression, which is even more flex. No bueno for me. Rebound elastomers, I stuck with red. You know, that's the that's the, seems to be the standard with these things. And there's so many options, which is great for the consumer. But for me, I just want to simplify, simplify my handlebar, man. Like, I worry about my handlebar enough. I don't need more choices to flip myself out over. If you're looking for some comfort, you have bad wrists, you're old, you've got some arthritis going, you know, and you want a lot of flex in your handlebar. If you're a weekend warrior, there's so many good reasons to, to buy a flex bar, but for me, my hardcore moto ass, I just can't get along with the visual side effects, okay? It looks fat. I hear they're making a new bar. I haven't seen it yet. But I do hear they're making another bar, flex bar. I don't know how it's going to be, but I do hear that it's not going to be as fat looking. And, of course, I said, like, they're heavy. And it's kind of weird how they do their bar bends. I went with a 14-degree moto bar bend, which is the equivalent of to, like, a SX race, kind of a YZ high bend that I like to go to. You can go to a... 10 degree, 12 degree, 14 degree. There's so many degrees you can choose from. Again, a lot of choices with Fast Company. For me, though, handlebars, I tried to stick with um, what I was brought up on. I was raised. So, of course, it's either a crossbar, normal type, or a crossbarless bar. But nonetheless, if you're an older guy or you just want a lot of flex in your handlebar, I know a lot of dudes that swear by this bar. But for me... I'm just a little bit too aggressive for this bar. When I come into a corner really hard, I do notice I get too much flex and it kind of leaves me with a vague feeling in my front end. And I just don't like that feeling. I like a little bit more precise feel. I'm already on a rubber mounted bar mount. Then I have these elastomers to add to it. So for me, it's just too much movement in my front end. I want a little bit more connection and positivity. So I, you know gravitate towards more of a, a general normal style bar you know if you guys know what i'm talking about but i know a lot of off-roaders that love this bar if i was going straight line at fast speeds without you know minimal corners this would be very interesting for me to try because much like a steering dampener this thing works on like i said fast square edge stuff I tried a pair of these bar on Gary Sutherland's bike when he was running them. I recently purchased another set. Maybe you guys can purchase them as well. I purchased a set before when I was, uh, right before I was at, um, before I left Dirt Rider, uh, we were going to do a handlebar, you know, kind of like a product test. And for me, this thing worked really well in the desert because we tried it out in the desert, we tried it out in moto. And just most recently, I tried it out on another motocross track, and to me, it always worked better off-road. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening.
If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go the track, or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruttedracing.com or... If you guys are on Instagram, at Rutted Racing, Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or RuttedRacing.com right now. It's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a rutted racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Screen printing done dot com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screenprintingdone.com. We make kick-ass t-shirts. Made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com. Screenprintingdone.com. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach... All the way across your house, if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house, I don't have that many outlets, they just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code. 
S-C-O-K-T-25. That's S-C-O-K-T-25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes. That's right. Handwriting for you young bucks out there. Handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off. Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. (laughs) Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool. And thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay, They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me, I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the products. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But 
He's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag. 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order. Please order and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right there on board with the keyforinktesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 60helmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay? I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. All right, now that we kind of covered the handlebar rigidity and comfort thing, I always wanted to relay some messages to you guys out there because I get a lot of emails you know, saying, what type of bar bench should I run with, you know, my Kawasaki or my Honda or whatever. So here is my, here's my, you know, pitch to you guys out there. I'm six foot tall. As I grew up, I had a bar bench that I liked. Like I said, I had a Sierra high was too tall for me. And I was, you know, five, nine and I grew a little bit, blah, 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 blah. And I'm now six foot tall. I've been with on tests, and I've been with production testing, okay? So I've been with KTM, I've been with Honda, I've been with Yamaha, I've been with several companies that we had several different size test riders to decide on a bend of bar. And I'm going to give you a, a little secret here, okay? Here is the, write this down, height, 87 millimeters, rise, 53 to 55, and a sweep from 52 to 55, okay? That is kind of like <coughs> the key area to look for when you look for a bar bend, you know? 
Guys, don't email me and say, what's the difference between this bar and this bar? It's on the site. You go to Pro Taper, you go to any guys, you know, you go to ODI, you go to Neckin, you go to Rental, you go to any one of these guys' website, they will tell you dimensions of their bar. So compare them. You know, it's easy to do. Start a new window, go to Rental, get that bar bend pulled up. Look at that bar. Go back and forth. Look at the bar bend. I study the shit out of this stuff too, so I know you guys can do it at home. But what I just ripped off to you guys is a good bar bend to start from if you're 5'8 to 6'1. If you're in that range, height, 87, 88 millimeter height, rise, okay, 53 to 55-ish, sweep, 52 to 55-ish, in there. That's very important. You're going anywhere out of that, to me, you're risking some some comfort, okay? You're risking some other things on the track that you could probably improve on if you had more of a neutral bar like this. Okay, what about length? Okay, this is a little bit more difficult because I know some of you guys out there ride woods, um, your moto guys, there's a lot of different types of riders, so you're gonna cut your handlebars to the appropriate size. If you're a woods guy, yeah, cut your bars down, of course, because you gotta fit through those trees. You're a moto guy. Try to get a bar that is from 800 millimeters to 805, okay? Giving you an example, the new Rockstar Husqvarna, 811 millimeters is the length. Way too long. Cut that sucker down to 805. It's a whole different machine. You can corner it better. Um, you can dive into the corner better. I can change directions better. The 811, to me, is just too long of a bar. It's just too much. So really try to get in the 800 to 805 millimeter range. Most bars that we've talked about here on this podcast today are in that range. Some are not, okay? Of course, you're going to have to look, do a little bit of research, and see where your bar lies in. But for me, anywhere from 5'8 to 6'1, and that's the range that we we're in, we're doing production testing, and we get a bar bend that everyone likes that finds a nice neutral setting. It has to be in this range that I talked about. Those are the types of riders that we had, and they range from novice to high-level type of riders, and again, 5.8 to 6.1. So I'm telling you guys, trust me on the fact that you can get a bar bend close to a height of 87 rise of 54 and a sweep of 54 that is my go-to and what that is that's a kind of a, a yamaha bend but to me that yamaha bend that they came up with and i wasn't even at yamaha when they made this bend up but that is a very good bend for almost every single current machine out there so find your favorite handlebar Get as close to that as possible, and I think you guys will be happy if you're in the 5'8 to 6 foot 1 range. Now, if you're going shorter than 5'8, okay, you can go to a bar that is height of 80 to 82 millimeters. You're shorter than 5'8. Look into a bar that's 80 to 82 millimeters in height. One of the bars that come to mind is a Carmichael Ben Bar. Most of these companies that I've mentioned here on this podcast have a Carmichael 
type bar. Super flat, super low, and again, if you guys do need a little bit more height, you're like, oh shit, it's too low, Kiefer, and you're 5'6", try to get that height with your bar mount. Very important. Kiefer, I'm 6'4". What am I going to do? All right. Try to go with a bar that's 91 to 94 millimeters height-wise, okay? That is the range for you. And again, we tested this stuff when I was doing production testing. We went over it. We did many days just with bar bands with different riders. Of course, we used other people internally that was shorter than 5'8 and larger than 6'1. And this is what we came out with. And of course, I tested all these other bars and they weren't exactly right for me, but they weren't far off. So I would say what I'm talking about between 5'8 to 6'1 and below 5'8 and then over 6'1, just follow those guidelines, okay? Try to follow those guidelines and see if it works for you. I've done this a long time. I notice minute little things really help. And this is one minute little thing that can help you guys if you're over, you know, six foot one, if you're under five eight. So just try those ranges. And if you do get lost in this podcast and you need to know the numbers again, rewind it or just email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I will try to help you out. But I tried to cover some bases here for you guys so you guys have a direction. Again, all these bars are pretty good. You just have to find the stiffness that you like. Not a big fan of the neck and bar. Out of all these bars, the worst one for me was the neck and bar as far as stiffness. But if it was mine, everyone asked me this anyway, Kiefer, what you like the best. To me, best bar for me is a Pro Taper Evo bar. has the most flex. I like the bend. It comes in the exact bend that I like. For those of you guys riding Yamahas and you want to change out that bar that's on there because that's not a Pro Taper bar that's on there, you can go to a Pro Taper SX race bend and that is the exact same bend as a YZ, current YZ bar. Okay? And again, if you have a Kawasaki, if you have a Yamaha, if you have a Honda, if you have a Suzuki, those that bar bend is a very good bend to, to go to. Now, Kiefer, what if I'm a KTM or Husqvarna guy? What do, what do I do? Well, I tried that YZ-ish bar on a KTM and Husqvarna, and it felt too tall. So I always go with a lower-style bar bend, and that is most likely with a Carmichael bar with a 5-millimeter riser in a bar mount, or the current Husqvarna Rockstar Edition bar, which is pretty damn low, with a 5-millimeter riser. And I cut the bar down to 805 millimeters, okay? So you're going from 811 to 805. Very important. Always find that range from 800 to 805. Pro Taper starts their bars out at 800. They go up to 811. But most of them are 800 to 802. And most other companies are from 800 to 805. You will get some that are over that, but maybe you should cut those down. Easiest way to cut cut those things is get a pipe cutter. Boom, done. I don't use anything other than that. You can put that sucker in a vise, pipe cutter, measure it, mark it, boom, cut it, you're done, and you're good to go. So again, it's up to you guys. If you are, find out what you guys like out there. Front end steering, rear end steering. 
you're a crossbar guy, not a crossbar guy, find out what you like, listen to this podcast, get a bar with the most comfort for you, okay? And then go ride and have fun. I could talk about grips all day long, and maybe we'll do a podcast about grips. I will be doing reviews on some lock-on grips, because that seems to be the new um, thing nowadays. Everyone's lazy, and no one wants to glue anything, so these companies are making lock-on grips. I haven't been a fan of a lock-on grip since uh, I've been riding with them, but I know Pro Taper's making some strides and some different things in their lock-on grips. I know other companies are doing this as well. We will maybe be doing a podcast about grips. God help me, because there is a shit ton of those around. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Again, any questions of this podcast, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Give me a few days. Calm down. I will get back to you, most likely. As long as your email is nice, if, if you're being a dick, I probably won't get back to you. But hey, if you got legit concerns, questions, and hell, there's a way to even email me if you don't even like the damn show. I'll even respond to you then. As long as you're cool about it, we can respectfully, respectfully disagree on some things, right? I did get back to a guy that had some problems with the, with the show. I got back to him, thanked him for his criticism, and I used some of his criticism to advance the show a little bit better. Hey... This is an evolution. Like I said, I'm not the gospel of handlebars. I'm not the gospel of podcasts. I just try to give you guys information that out there that that I know will work for you because I've been around this damn industry for so long. So that's what this podcast is about: to treat you guys like you're an insider, to get you guys on the inside line of some new tips, some tricks, and of course to set you in the right direction for your dirt bikes, gear, parts, whatever you think uh, that you might be purchasing. We're here to help. Again, listen to the commercials, get some discount codes, use them. That's how I keep our show running, our lovely, lovely sponsors and advertisers here. That's what keeps these suckers going. I don't take any advertisement on my website because I'm not a biased son of a bitch. And of course, only people that are on this podcast that advertise are people that I use myself. If I'm Joe Blow down the street didn't have a podcast and wanted to go buy a motorcycle, wanted to go buy parts, these are the people that I would go buy parts and bikes from, okay? So that's why we take these suckers on this show. Again, thank you guys for listening. We are going to Colorado for a working vacation, so bear with me if you email me, all right? We're leaving next week. I haven't taken a vacation in a few years. It's time to go to Colorado, enjoy a little bit of family time, some dirt bikes, and of course, yes, I will be testing, because every time I get on a dirt bike, we test something. That's what we're about here. And if I see you at the track, come by, say hi. Let's bullshit about dirt bikes. You listen to the show, let's talk about something. Let's go measure your sag. Let's go crank on some clickers. Let's do something. I'm here to help. That's what Kiefer Tested is all about. That's why we started this thing, to help you guys out there. And we love dirt bikes, so that's why we're doing it. All right, guys? We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.